So hello, everyone. This is Otessa, and you are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women. That's Women with an X, the Hysterical Women podcast, where you are all welcome here, friends, allies, everywhere across the rainbow, across the binary. I'm just really glad to have you be here. And this is meant to be a safe space to explore all of the weird things that life throws at us and all of the different ways in which we can be twisted and torn asunder, but also all the different ways that we can come back together. So thank you for listening, and I'm glad that you're here and going to be cheesy, but comment, like, subscribe. My mom baked cakes mm-hmm. when I was a kid. It was like one of her five jobs. So this all makes sense with my life, right? Yeah. My mom had five jobs. She did. Um, it's yeah, it's in my blood. I can't do anything about it. But um, she would always talk about when baking cakes, she would have like a questionnaire that she would give the person that she's baking the cake for. Like, what's the event? How many people are coming? What is this person, what is this person allergic to? Uh, is there any color scheme that I can use to make this a more like delightful cake for this person? And there's all those questions, you know, that you just like ask. And that's like a level of empathy on some level to mm-hmm. like care that much about a, a service that you're providing. And it's funny, like now that I've been a freelancer now 11 years, those are all questions I ask people like all the time. And it's funny. I work with some people and they're like, nobody's ever asked me that question before. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. And like, that should be the first question. Like, <laughs> Funny, with decades, it's like decades of twelve thousand square foot space. First question I asked, I said, "Okay, so um, exactly what precise eras do we want to target?" And everybody in the room was like, "Well, what do you mean?" I'm like, "Well, we can't just do every year of every decade in twelve thousand square feet because that just wouldn't be well done." But I'm like, "You can target like 1997 to 2000, mm-hmm. or like 1982 to 1985, and just." told me to do that and that's fine and it'll actually do exactly what you want it to do mm-hmm. and that was funny because like then when we did that we found that like music sells in clumps mm-hmm. it's weird because music moves with the economy mm-hmm. and like and like and most things move with the economy yeah but like there's certain eras where you're like okay well the economy was really good and so people bought all the songs people bought all the music so you want to focus on that stuff because that's the time where everybody was engaging with this thing yeah you could say, like, oh, I want a room that's special, like, specifically features this one song at this one time, but that's going to hit, like, this many people. But yeah. then if you talk about the volatile era, that's what everybody wanted. Yeah. So everybody's going to say, great, so if you go to decades, like, the 2000s floor is specifically 1995 to 2005. It's an era where everybody bought every song that was ever created. So it works, you know, it's, there's little things, it's like tiny little things, but that's empathy. Yeah. That's empathy on like a, a very like concrete level. So if people are like, because I hate when people are like, I love it. I hate when people say the word empathy because mm-hmm. people don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. It's one of those. It's one of those words that we always use. Like, it's funny. I have this little. That's true. I have this app that gives me a word of the day, mm-hmm. and esoteric was the word of the day for today. And it's a word I hear a lot in like creative conversation, like this esoteric idea or whatever. And people say it, and I'm like, do you know what that means? How would you both define empathy, like, in your own terms? Like, how would you define empathy? Um, Can we find a new word? Because that's something that we were talking about, mm-hmm. right? Is that if you're going to do a podcast like this, there's yeah. some things that are too hot buttons. There's, and you're, you're going to lose people. Yeah, I'll say that empathy is honest care. Because mm-hmm. there's self-care. And there's all sorts of care. But empathy to me is honest care. Because empathy comes yeah. only when, like, I sit down with you, Diana, and I'm like, tell me what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. And then it's like... Well, nobody ever asked me what's actually going on. Like people, if somebody asks you what's going on, you're like, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. But, like, but it's like, no, what's on. honestly going on? Yeah. 
And then when you express to me express to me something that's going on that's maybe troubling, then that's up to me to connect with that. Mm-hmm. And that's the empathy point. That's the empathy. Like, yeah. If I honestly am like divesting myself of like preconceived notions and I'm like jumping into your head mm-hmm. and I'm saying, okay, I'm here. So like, how can I care about the thing that you're caring about? Because mm-hmm. right. then, then to me, that's the empathy. Right. And it's funny. It's like when you do that for like one person and if you do that for like a thousand people then that's like a weird mind mill that like takes years to get good at yeah. not even saying i'm good at it but like people say i'm good at it so i'll just go along with what they say i agree awesome <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i'll go along with what people say yeah so that's... you're saying honest care yeah honest care mm-hmm. i like that yeah. yeah diana how would you do, like let's find let's find a less hot button word that people would actually listen to for empathy in my mind just like emotional connection yeah just uh like you said just honest care and uh, you really feel like you might not know what it's like to be in that person's sheets but you don't have to have had those experiences be able to emotionally connect and be concerned with you know about what they're whatever it is i read too much science fiction everyone knows this Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna go with (laughs) the attempt to mind read Knowing that you cannot, but you make the effort. Very Spock. Yeah. Effort that it. counts. Yes. It's very, very Spock view. I love it. Growing up, I was always, I was talking with Jess about this too. <laughs> yeah. Just like also super into, yeah. Yes. So, um, yes, growing up, I was always like, why is Kirk the captain of the ship? <laughs> this is the worst decision ever. You, anyone else on this, on this bridge should be the captain. And I also always liked Spock. So yeah. thank you. Glad that my weird response was like, live long and prosper everyone. Kirk was the rational one. Kirk was the most rational person on the ship. If you think about it. Kirk? Yeah. Uh-oh. Okay, tell me, tell me more. <laughs> okay, so if you look at every other person on this, on on the 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 uh, the, the ship, I'm point. willing to be convinced, but All right, so, I'm like, so, okay. you attacked Spock. Please no. explain. Okay, so Spock. <laughs> I'm cheesy. So no, so Spock was raised a certain way and has mm-hmm. obvious physical limitations mm-hmm. that would lead him to have to be easily triggered. He has pointy ears. He does weird things with his hands. In oh yeah. Conversation like that 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 triggers people. Um, you have a random African American person on 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 the, the ship, and you know, like she's literally the only African American for like probably like a whole galaxy. So like that's gonna make you know her be a triggered person on the ship. Then there's you know Sulu, who's randomly Asian, and like he's probably only the only Asian person for galaxies and for centuries of time. You will not see another person that looks like Sulu. So the only person on that whole ship that like looks and sounds and acts like generally people that they're going to run into, regardless of skin color, even, yeah, is James Tiberius Kirk, which is why he's the person that is the captain of the ship. Because when he has to get off the ship, he's on some you know strange new land or some strange new galaxy. The first person they're going to look at and go, and this works in America too, which is one of the great things about Star Trek, mm-hmm. is that when he gets off the ship. He talks to like you know the the captain or the, the the leader of another you know like planet. They're gonna look at Kirk and go, "Oh, we know exactly who this guy is. We should probably respect him, especially for the era when the show came out." That okay? So this is my trouble with Kirk. <laughs> um, is that he 
is basically the 1960s <laughs> representation of what masculinity, like like Western masculinity yeah. should be. Yeah. And I see that and I'm like, Kirk is a fool. <laughs> yes. Like, someone contact HR. Someone's <laughs> got to be reading his personal logs wow. and be like, like, bring him back here. Like, he needs, like, someone's got to do some kind of, like, testing on him. He should not be allowed to be, like, doing first contact. Like, But he is. Yeah, like, his personal is. logs are a mess. Yeah, it's a good thing he's got funny. everyone else on that bridge, like, yeah. keeping him honest. Because right. otherwise, things would have gotten a lot worse. Right. I mean, he's a, he's an enlightened, it's funny, like, Kirk is, is, like, super woke on the show. Like, understand, like, that's the thing. Like, he's, like... He's like he's like your 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 woke white male friend. This is another thing that I like about science fiction, though. Yeah. Is okay. So number one, I always say that for a society that is not ready to look at itself, right? Science fiction is a mirror that allows us to look at ourselves when we are not ready. Fantastic that way. Um, but also something that fascinates me is uh, science the uh, futures. The various futures of our various past eras. Yeah. Right? So we have different themes in science fiction. So the golden era of science fiction, which, like, I don't think there's much golden about it, aside from the fact that someone titled it that. Right. It's, like, highly problematic, and you read it, and you're like, there is rape, there is racism, like, this is, nothing is golden. No. Uh, this is, I mean... Uh, like, please, let's rename this. And then you have 70s science fiction, and that has a whole different, what were the concerns? All of those right. things are expressed. Right. So it's fascinating about how, um, historically, we have so many different science fictions that right. express, like, what we were worried about at the time. So I am a huge fan of science fiction for that reason. And, yeah, hearing that, like, yeah, in the 60s, Kirk was woke. And I'm just like, <laughs> how yes. bad? How bad? If Kirk was woke? Like, no! <laughs> Inherently problematic, but yeah, yeah. no. For it's it's always fascinating when like I, I have these conversations with a lot of my friends because like I'm like not as science fiction aware as most of my friends are. My friends love science Me fiction neither. or comics. Like ninety percent of my friends love science fiction or comics. You you know Troy. Troy does the the tech uh, the the prod of your movie. Tall African American. No way, he's super into sci fi. Yeah, sci fi and comics. I did not know that yeah, from hardcore. Yeah, like yeah, oh. yeah. Wait, I saw him at Awesome Con. Yes. This is all making right. more sense. And Joe Carabello, Joe Carabello as yeah. well is yeah, yeah. super into all that stuff. So, yeah. So, no. So, these are people I talk to, like, yeah. fairly frequently. And so, it's always funny because, like, they'll ask me stuff about, you know, things and their their opinions on things and I'll give them mine. And oftentimes, mine are different because I come to things from a, a less nuanced perspective. Like, I'll check something out and I have, like, a very, like, base. It's, it's I'm, like, aware of things, but, like, it's a very base, like, surface perspective and when i always look at star trek like i said kirk's the only person on that ship that literally can't be triggered i don't watch star trek so i don't (laughs) it's true he that's true he could not be triggered because he is so (laughs) self-focused right like he is he like a narcissist yes 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 that's the whole whole point yeah he's very much a narcissist. Like, he's never going to get triggered because he's, he's never so going to try to <laughs> understand anyone else. Right. So he's so into, so self-centered. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he can't, it's like everybody else has obvious, <laughs> wow. you obvious, like everybody else on the entire ship. But this, this actually ties into what we're talking about in the sense that like everybody has a 
a triggering point, and that's part of empathy and self-care piece, is that you have to, like, be super aware of, like, how people get triggered and why mm-hmm. they get triggered. Mm-hmm. And you have to be willing sometimes. Okay, so sometimes, like, the, the, the key to my writing, and everybody loves my writing. It's the thing that, like, I accept now. I'm like, okay, people think I'm a great writer. Great. Wait, can I just, like, give yeah. you a shout-out because you're being very humble? Marcus is a great writer across the board. Um, and just a feather in your hat that, yeah. like, I think deserves a shout out. Marcus Dowling is in the top 1% of all medium bloggers. Yes. Which is pretty, which is pretty cool. It's like, so crazy. It's, it blows my mind every time that anybody mentions it. Cause I'm like, yeah, I, 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 that's true. It's weird. <laughs> like, but, uh, but no, it's, so it's crazy. It's, so, yeah. Like, oh, so you are on. resonating yeah. with people when you say something, everyone's yeah. listening. So yeah. the, thing that, the thing that I do that apparently makes me a great writer and it's funny I didn't, I didn't think it made me a great writer I just thought it was a thing that I just did but okay so I am not afraid of stepping on somebody's toes that's and not good. and not in a way that's like polite mm-hmm. but like completely impolite like I'll walk up to like a, a concept or a topic and I'll literally jam down on their toes like okay now 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 we're all awake and present no, well, no, let's have a conversation. So you're not scared of controversy, which is, you can't Far be. Far from, you can't, can't be. be. It'll make an impact. So I'm going to go a little bit off script because I, I did have a couple of questions, but can you give me an example of a time oh. that you have come in yeah, and just been yeah. like, oh, I'm going to stick my foot in it. <laughs> okay, so, so um, earlier this year, it's funny, um, I, I took like a hiatus when my mom passed away. And the first piece I wrote my mom pa- after my mom passed away is about a conversation that we had had. And I had told her, I said, well, um, I'm like, we're probably never gonna have another black president again. And my mother, and my mom's she like, uh, and she's and, this, and my mother before she passed was like very obsessed with like mortality, and like and not in a way that's like negative necessarily. It was just in a way where she was like thinking about the span of her life, and she would just call up and be like, you know, I'm gonna tell you about this time that I did this thing or whatever. And you're just like, that's really cool. Like you're just having this like thought about like the span of everything that you've done. So she's like, yeah. Like, wow, you might be right. And I go, yeah. She's like, well, I'm glad that, like, I was able to, like, be alive for that. And then she asked me to, like, explain why. And I explained the whole scope of, like, American electoral politics and this and this. And that there's probably other people that will have to be, like, the president. Like, now you've got a black president. You can have a gay president. You can have a lesbian president. You can have a transgender president. You can have a Latino president. You can have an African president. You can have a, you know, I'm like, I'm running down this whole entire laundry list of, like, other types of people that aren't like, you know, straight white men who can be president. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, I'm, I might be okay with that. I mean, it would be fun if it was another black person again, because that was a funny years. And then I'm like, well, yeah, but think about it like in the sense where like, there's this whole giant diaspora of like people who haven't had the opportunity to be president. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, think about it that way. And she's like, you might have a point. So I wrote that out as a piece, and it was funny. Like, I titled it, you know, America will never have another black president. And yeah. everybody... Title. Yeah. Right. And everybody Ooh. just... And everybody just stopped and was like... It was like... I could, it's, there's moments mm-hmm. when you hit the nail on the head as a writer. Yeah. Where you feel the whole internet stop. Mm-hmm. Where you feel like the whole, like... Like, you feel like your entire, like, creative, like, community mm-hmm. stop and look <laughs> at you. Like... And go... 
You really? You said what? <laughs> yeah. Like you said what? Really? Right. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait. So tell me about the uh, some of the backlash that oh, I'm assuming I, you got from oh, that. Oh, it, it was great. It was it was it was fascinating. Like it was just it was like people who oh okay so everybody has that friend who knows politics because everybody has one friend that you in DC I would hope so yeah everybody yeah. has that one friend no but I mean in the sense where like if you're at a dinner party. And you know, they say you're not supposed to discuss politics or religion. Right. But there's that one person that will happily yeah. take the conversation right there. Yes. So that that was that person who hit me up every single time mm-hmm. about this piece. Well, Marcus, I mean, you know, like mathematics says, or Marcus, you know, <laughs> this person exists. It is coming up through the ranks. And I'm like, I, 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 I know that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, if you know that, then why would you say that? Well, <laughs> maybe you're not right. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe you're wrong. And not, and not saying that I'm right, but I'm not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yo, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. And then it's like, <laughs> well, like, I'm not wrong. And they're like, well, you... You... You, <sighs> you might have a point. 